0: The Performance Lab podcast would like to acknowledge that the land on which we learn and work is the land of the Lenape, Wappinger, and Muncie people.
1: The Performance Lab podcast is invested in the sharing of knowledge and cultivation of curiosity between makers.
0: We invite guest artists to lead a workshop with the MFA candidates of Sarah Lawrence College, after which we interview them.
2: We ask questions tailored to their individual
0: practice, delving deeper into the how and the why of creation. Inspiration is all around us, but how do we hone in on the subjects that drive us? They
1: share with us their tips, tricks, and sources of inspiration.
0: Reflect on past performances projects. And keep us up to date on what is next.
1: Stay tuned for the Performance Lab Podcast. Hi there. Uh, Welcome to the Performance Lab Podcast. My name is Ricky Brown.
0: My name is Chanel Blanchett.
1: And uh, I'm a first year grad student.
0: I'm a second year grad student.
1: It's Sarah Lawrence College. And today we have with us... Jamil Alawale Kusako. The wonderful... (laughs) a <laughs> Thank you for
2: that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so wonderful to have you here with us today.
2: Yeah, thank you. A pleasure to, to chat with you both.
0: Um, would you like to tell us a little bit about uh, what you talked about with us today earlier in our workshop? It was such a pleasure to have you speak with our grad lab class earlier today. Would you mind summarizing a bit what you talked about?
2: Uh, sure, yeah. I think it's so important to be able to have a conversation that is honest, that is, you know, down to earth. I try to teach as I speak, you know, speak as I teach. And yeah, so this was no different. Um, Really sort of sharing some themes uh, around creative practice that are particularly important to my heart and, and the way in which I, I live my life really. Um, and so attempting to complicate you know, some of the ways in which we, we think about difference and negotiate you know, theater from reality and digitality, um, thinking about themes of cloaking and, and sort of protective coding. And yeah, thinking about the bio-mythography, uh, autoethnography, fugitivity, you know, just all the things, you know, just light, light stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a fun class, and, and I had such a blast. Um, really lovely to be in the room.
1: One 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 of the things after being in the in the workshop with you in the class, like I I wanted to know like how do you go about like. Refilling your your artistic well. I mean, you mentioned that you you focus on so many points. How do you find the the things to refill your your mm-hmm. uh, body and your practice?
2: Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, for so long, I've thought of of creativity as um, as a space to go for a kind of replenishment. Um, and I think as I've grown, uh, it, of course, it becomes harder to, you know, replenish that, that space. Uh, specifically now, you know, so much of my work deals with themes of sociality and the way in which we engage with each other, you know, this practice that I call sociological mapping, you know. Um, this, this, this idea of, you know, building worlds within worlds and communities within communities and being able to sort of uh, develop this sort of language and imaging that's needed to communicate and archive, you know, these alternative realities. Um, but this is, a, this is a kind of survivalist project that you know we see in, you know we see in Vogue, we see in uh, the the Negro spiritual, we see all of these these sort of coded survivalist strategies. Um, and so, uh, for me, you know my creative practice, you know I've I've tried to make that a place where I can do that kind of work. Uh, but of course, you know as I've grown older. Uh, it's it's more difficult and so it's really important for me I mean I'd say pre-pandemic you know travel <laughs> was a way that I would replenish um, I don't do that as much um, but I still love a beach I love a sunset playa you know I love a sunset kiss on the playa if you know what I mean <laughs> um so yeah, so that's, you know, those are some things that i do to, you know, replenish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
0: i am like totally vibing with this idea of the beach. I miss it. I want to go to it. Something that I'm really curious about, um, and you mentioned it um, earlier um, in the interview, is the idea of autoethnography and biomithography. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about uh, the difference between those two uh, for the listeners and how um, that plays into your work and why you're why you're drawn to those those ideas in your work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I will
2: say this: you know, I grew up in a house that it felt like there was theater every single day. I mean, there was always drama. Um, there was always yeah, there was always something happening, and so, you know, in a lot of ways, I I think of this and I acknowledge this as my my kind of introduction into the theater, you know, into the theater of domesticity, um, into a theater of the theater of dysfunction. <laughs> you know, a, the theater of displacement, uh, a theater of survival, you know, but these were some real hard uh, truths, you know, some the, the, the real life work, again, which is why it's really hard for me to, to do this, you know, this differentiation between the digital and what's happening in real life and what's happening in the theater because it's so cyclical and connected and intersectional for me and and yeah, and so I'd say, because that was the theater that I knew, that I, that I, that, that, you know, that, that was my first training. <laughs> and so, um, and so when I was able to, you know, develop language and, and, and go to university and, and really begin to um, understand, like, what was happening and begin to theorize around my my own life really um you know that that is what led me to autoethnography um and it's you know this idea of uh, and i've always felt like this you know as a researcher as a kind of dramaturg of self you know doing this work of autoethnography uh is there's something anthropological about it um researching, you know, unpacking the memories, unpacking um, the trauma as information as, and then uh, being able to sort of intellectualize it and speak to it and theorize around it and, and make performative proposals around it. Uh, you know, the poets call this confessionalism, you know, kind of confessionalist poetry. Um, and so that, was, that, that has always been a strategy For me, ever since I started really writing and and writing poems and all of that, uh, you know, the art space was a site of autoethnography and a site of research and unpacking and coming to terms, you know, and and basically doing that, you know, in public, uh, which is unfortunately, I think, the work of the artist is to make the personal public. yeah but all all to say so that that's what you know how i how i think about autoethnography um, and then biomythography is uh, would come to me much later um, as a kind of creative strategy invented by the ancestor uh, the high priestess uh audrey lord yeah you know essentially the auto the auto or the the um refers to lord's foundational work uh zammy a new spelling of my name uh which was published in 1982 and this was the year that i was born and so i i think of this sort of i think of the auto i, I think of the as a kind of portal you know, that opened for me literally the year I was born as a way to hold me, to hold my blackness, to hold my queerness, um, to hold my ancestry, to hold my history, my biography, uh, and all of the sort of mythological proposals that might spin out of me, um, to, to, to have another way of being in the world that moved beyond the the traditional forms of of the novel or you know whatever the colonialist project has sort of instilled in us as you know the proper way to sort of write um you know a book or a memoir or whatever that may be but but audrey was like hey I have another proposal. Here's what I'm, I want to offer, um, and 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 for me, it, it becomes a kind of a kind of shelter, you know, um, to think of a kind of radical feminist experimentation, black radical feminist experimentation, that can both hold our ancestors but also hold many generations to
1: come. That is wow. That is that is that is a lot to take in. Um, I had um I looked at your site and I had a question about uh the, the work seancers and just listening to you talk about auto anthography and bio or mythography, Um did, did either of those um play more of a part in the creating of uh seancers or were they it's equal mm-hmm. in terms of what you were going for?
2: Sure. Um I would say yeah, totally. I mean I would say it was with seances, with hashtag #negrophobia, which was the work before seances, with blackmail revisited, which was the work before hashtag #negrophobia. Um, you know, with Revenge of the New Negro, which was before blackmail <laughs> <laughs> revisited. So there's a way in which you know there's a tradition that I've been exploring and really, um, you know, a black radical tradition that I've been exploring and, and deepening my attention to. Um, and, 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 and really sort of, yeah, just really uh, resourcing, you know, I've been resourcing this space of the Black radical tradition for clues, you know, for information, for for stories, for narratives, because I I do think that our forefathers, you know, our ancestors have left, they've left strategies for us. They've left proposals and blueprints. Um, They are in books. (laughs) They're a bit hidden, you know, but these pathways are available. We just have to be willing to do that work uh, that auto-ethnographical work, that bio-mythographical work to, to discover those blueprints. And, and so that's essentially, you know, the work that I'm trying to do uh, is, is to excavate these hidden histories and make them plain, you know, bring them to the light, um, you know, whether they be my own or my community, you know, Wherever these histories come from, I want to unearth them. I want to relinquish the shame around them. I want to heal them so that I may heal myself, so that I may heal my community, so that I may, so that they may, you know, that healing might reverberate.
0: I'm really struck by your um, talk of your, your idea of healing and that being a, an integral part of your work. And I'm curious to know, because I I often have this question myself as a a Black artist is, as we're tackling these, these subjects, these like oppressions, these things that make us ask questions and might make us angry and things that we want to change, how do you either integrate joy into your work or not let the, the subject matter, all of the questions that you're asking kind of weigh too heavily on you so that you feel paralyzed by Mm them.
2: Yes. Um, That's, you know, joy is a constant conjure. Joy is a protest, Black joy is a protest. You know, Black joy is resilience. Black joy, you know, is, is political, but it, it is possible, you know? And that's what I love about it, is that even in the midst of all of the rips and tears and violences that are embedded in the modern world system and that have been inflicted, you know, upon black people and continue to be inflicted upon black people we still manage to conjure joy and create you know these portals and opportunities to share that joy you know to transmit it through the music through the art through the culture you know what a, a gift oh I almost swore <laughs> I still hold my tongue. Um, but what a gift we are you know to the planet Um, and so it's, it's just, it's a paradigm, you know, and I think that goes back to the, to the workshop, but it, it, it goes back to how we choose to, to practice the time that we've been given, you know, to do our work. You know, I can either sit and practice a a kind of, you know, routine that has me imprisoned by this constant notion of being, you know, lesser than or broke or whatever the issue may be that is so oftentimes, you know, positioned on black bodies um, and all of those, you know, those violences and, you know, so I I can choose to let that absorb me or I can choose to think otherwise to think differently, I can practice I can practice a kind of refusal you know that allows me a different kind of gesture you know that is different than the rest of the ensemble. you know I can take that that I have that power within me to do that Now we're taught not to do that if anything, you know that's what you know socialization, what is it uh, assimilation you know wants us to to do away with our you know our ancestral knowledges um, but we know better you know and although so much of those histories have been stripped from us we still are doing that work you know we still are doing it it's it's epigenetic you know um but it's very fragile you know and modernity you know, is, is doing something different to the Black body and is forcing it to behave differently and, and is losing is, is, is you know, the, the facade of modernity is disconnecting us from our true north and is disconnecting us from the environment. And, and this is something that we have to remain critical of. Uh, it's really important that we remain critical.
0: That's, oof. Felt like I just went to church. That was <laughs> <laughs> what I needed to hear today.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Hallelujah! <laughs> oh man, thank you for that.
2: When
1: when you when you were talking about um um black magic and just black joy, like I, I wanted to know, like so, what are you? listening to, reading or watching that, that really gives you, you know, that energy from, you know, Black magic, Black joy that, that uh, you know, excites you personally.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, creating the syllabus for Black love and engaging in this, this, you know, the, yeah, the, the, the research and, and labor behind this, this new project it's really, it's being a source of medicine for me. It's forcing me to to really unpack my pleasure practice, um, to do some deep conjuring around, you know, beauty and, you know, and pleasure and self-pleasure and, yeah, planting and, you know, going out into nature you know, um, really developing, flexing another kind of muscle around my relation, you know, my relationship to the planet, and to a core practice of lovemaking, you know, and, and when I talk about lovemaking, you know, I'm, I'm thinking beyond, you know, intercourse, of course, but it's, it's around literally how we engage in a deeper you know sensuality a deeper eroticism to the planet you know this is again you know uses of the erotic after Audre Lord, um, the erotic as power you know uh is asking us to 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 to, to, to practice this kind of excellence um this excellence of self-realization and and the way that we practice that is through our care and love for the earth and ourselves and being attentive and attuned you know that kind of erotic charge that exists between i don't know my plants or you know or a nice wine you know whatever it may be but just you know having those moments to 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 listen deeply to listen so deeply to get a little lost even, because it's in that that loss where we, I think can do some of our deepest mysterious dreaming, you know, and you know how I feel about dreaming. You know how I feel about dreams.
0: I wanted to ask kind of maybe as a closing question, um, we've talked a lot about what fills your artistic soul and spirit. Um, I'm curious as to what is a meal, like a food, that brings you comfort and joy, um, and makes you smile, refills your cup. What mm. is a meal that does that for you?
2: Mm-hmm. You know the the, the the really obese person, o- obese person in me, uh, cannot answer that question <laughs> because uh, there is no way to <laughs> to choose only one. Um, yeah, I have this image of myself just like <laughs> just like in the bed with just like a pl- like platters. Of- that was like
0: me yesterday. I did that. That was me yesterday. Exactly. I'm also living in that space.
2: <laughs> so there is no one meal, you know, there are several, you know, meals um that that do that work and and I must say you know I've been able to because so much of food is community you know so much of food is history and like connection and oh there's just so much beauty and and cooking and like sourcing fresh fruits and vegetables and you know just like those little things you know my dear friend uh Jen Kidwell you know like (laughs) by hook or by crook this woman is at the farmer's market and I'm like I get it I understand you know because she just refuses to you know have anything less than like local fresh you know produce and I'm like yes I get it you know we have to we have to we have to be conscious in that way so all to say um, I, I can't answer that question because there's there just is no one no one answer. But my my palate is expansive. I'm an international citizen. So you know I like to eat all kinds of things. And you can take that however you will.
1: Respect respect to that. Oh my goodness.
2: You guys got me, it's three o'clock. It's the it's three o'clock in the afternoon. You know, we have to, we have to allow ourselves moments of joy and, and comedy, you know, <clears throat> and I'm silly. I'm really silly. I'm like a silly person, believe it or not, you know, um, I think I I'm giving like professional realness right now, uh, academic realness, <laughs> but I'm very silly, so just know that <laughs> about me. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today, both in this interview and earlier in grad lab. Mm -hmm. Um, And thank you so much for all of the insight and vulnerability you've shared with us today. Mm,
2: Thank you, such a pleasure, really. Thank you for having me. And Yeah, let me come back. I love coming back, I love coming back. That's even better (laughs) when we come back. (laughs) you keep the dialogue going you know um all right thank you guys (laughs) <laughs> all right uh, um, be well all right thank you so much
0: thank you thank you
1: right.
0: the performance lab podcast was brought to you by contemporary performance network in association with the sarah lawrence college theater mfa program for more information please visit our websites at www.contemporaryperformance.com or www.slctheater.com